everybody, Gary here with WrestlingInforma.com. This is just a quick warning and apology for this show. The latter half of the show, we did have some audio quality issues with Alex on, on his phone, and we did clean it up to the best of our abilities, but I just want to take this moment to uh, sincerely apologize for you know any point during the interview you hear him talking and it kind of gets garbled up. For whatever reason, the stars just did not align perfectly for this phone call like they normally do. We've really never, ever had a problem with a guest on the phone. And, you know, in 25 episodes of doing this, I figured at some point it was bound to happen. And unfortunately, it has. Uh, So I just want to take a moment to apologize for that. Also, just to give you a warning about this show as well. This is an uncensored show. Uh, Normally, we kind of keep it clean you know, Alex is uh, certainly a uh, quite the character. We love getting his perspective. We love that guy, and uh, he likes to let it flow when he talks. So I just want to give you guys just another fair warning that there is some language that may not be favorable for the workplace. So with that warning out of the way, I give you now Chris and I uh, from earlier today talking to Alex Greenfield. Enjoy. This is Wrestling Informant Radio, WrestlingInformant.com. How's it going, everybody? Gary and Chris back with you on a special Sunday edition of the program. It is February the 1st, 2015. Hope you guys are having a good one. Chris, uh, how's it going out there in St. Louis on a Sunday? Uh, it's very cold, but uh, I'm doing great, man. It's great. Great to be. It's weird being back on a Sunday. I just like know. Old, it's just like old times, man. Speaking of old times, we're going to go to our special hotline as we have a, a very special guest, a dear friend of ours. Former SmackDown lead writer Alex Greenfield joins us. Alex, good afternoon to you, sir. I, I just noticed that Chris intros me by saying, you know, it's, it's old, old, old. It's so old. It's no reflection so on your age, Alex. It, no, no. And Gary, and, and, I was gonna say, and Gary did not say old timer. He did not say old timer. He said old times. There it is. Oh, I, I assumed he was picking out a walker for me. <laughs> you know this, this date actually has some significance alex because the first time we ever did an interview first time we ever talked was on the first week of february in 2013 and then in 2014 we continued the tradition following the royal rumble and this year for the third year in a row we are now continuing that tradition again a week after the royal rumble here we are so uh let's i mean shit let's get right into it man uh, first of all, how, how are you? Let's bring on Alex. Let's bring on Alex to be a buzzkill after the Royal Rumble every year. <laughs> there you go. There. Well, just you know what? Every year they seem to do something crazy, and it gives us something to talk about. How about that one? It's topical. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They are just giving us material for the show. Clearly, like that's that's all by design. I know they they knew you were coming. And uh, they they, so decided they had to give, to give me something to complain about. <laughs> of course, right? But let's—I mean, let's talk totally. big. Let's talk big picture first. That's what, you know. We'll get into the the fine details here and there, and there's some other things we want to talk about. But the big picture overall, this show. What was it? A terrible show to you, Alex? And part two of that was it really worth a bunch of people allegedly canceling their subscriptions to the network? Oh, God. I, you know, I, I was sort of just as caught up as everybody else in the Piper. It was a terrible show insofar as uh, at the end of it, I wanted I wanted to, to take some mouthwash because it, <laughs> it just left a bad taste in your mouth, you know? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I thought I thought the booking the booking was terrible. 
And look, I mean, we talked about this over the summer, I think. I am actually a, a total Roman Reigns mark. I think he can get there. I think uh, between Vince's proto promo, Vince's written promos leading up to the Rumble, and <laughs> I just think they've hamstrung the guy in the worst possible ways. And the injury being off, you know, right as you're getting hot didn't help. I mean, in a weird parallel to what happened to Brian right as he was taking off his champion. Right. And let, let's um, rain yeah. hits the hernia and and goes away right at the time that he was really building up ahead of steam, or at least to me, he was building up ahead of steam. And and is it and, ju- is it is it just me though, Alex, or did he seem like when he came back, did he just seem all of a sudden changed in the way that they produced him and how they kind of rolled him out to the masses? Yes, okay. very much. I mean, it felt that way to me even before he came back. Those uh, uh, the 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 promos he did where he was clearly backstage. I couldn't figure out why they were doing that. But he was clearly backstage, and, and they would give him, they just give him the most marble-mouthed um, um, promos. And, and look, like clearly there were guys when I was there who you wrote promos for, like you would write dialogue in a movie or a TV show. Right. Um, but the guys who were the most fun to work with, and I mean, we've talked about this, JBL and Mark Henry and Dave Batista and guys like that, you really just shoot the shit with them for a little while and then let them be themselves because their personality is the money. And I feel like uh, in, in the recent, since Reigns came back, and especially reading the rumors, and look, I have no knowledge of whether they're true or not, but that Vince is directly scripting uh, Reigns' promos. Right. It's, it, it, here's the thing. I'm almost certain that's true because if you, and I've done this experiment, go back to watch some of Ray's promos when he was our champion back in 2006. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know for a fact that Vince was rewriting everything, everything we tried to put together for Ray and doing his yucky baby face promos. Um, yeah. It's the same voice because Vince has exactly one uh, baby face promo voice that he gives you the dictation in. <laughs> um, I feel like that's hamstrung Reigns because Reigns' build is so goddamn obvious. Like he is, uh, he's, so similar in in at least to me in the way he should be presented as the way early Batista and the Batista Hunter program should have been presented, right? Um, or or the Batista was presented. Range should be that way. He's he's a god. He's a silent force of nature, and you know, pew, like a faster than a speeding bullet. That was just terrible for him. And that I think that promo did more damage to his to feelings for him among the internet wrestling community. I think than any other single thing. But here's the thing. To take it back to the Rumble, um, I feel a little like I did uh, after WrestleMania last year when everyone was like, well, wasn't this a great moment with Daniel Bryan when he won and the ticker tape and the whole nine yards and it was a great night for him and and 30 was the Daniel Bryan show. Yeah. Great. Mm -hmm. But it's still, and I I will go to my grave saying this, it still would have been better if he'd have won the Royal Rumble and you let that build happen organically than all of the various events from CM Punk leaving and whatever happened behind the scenes to get him there. It felt shifted. I think that we're going to end up with a pretty awesome main event at WrestleMania between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns head up. Um, I will tell you till the day I die, the better story is Daniel Bryan finally won the Rumble and we get our David and Goliath, and Daniel Bryan fucking wins by beating uh, the one who was the one in the twenty-one and one, not the one behind the you know whatever. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Whole I think thing. we're gonna get a great fucking deal, and I think 
you know, it's almost conventional wisdom now. I think they're going to have to turn Reigns, and I think uh, Roman Reigns is a Paul Heyman guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, is going to be awesome. I think that's going to be fantastic. I think it's going to be great for Reigns. I think he's going to be a tremendous heel champion, and I, I suspect your Reigns Cena at SummerSlam next year, or this year now. Right. I, I'm behind the times. <laughs> uh, is going to be a really hot program. Um, so I think a lot of good can come out of this. See? But the better story is still Daniel Bryan, and I think, and the problem is, I think this is all about Vince being entrenched in this position and saying, screw you, to his most loyal fan base. I mean, people, when they talk about the IWC and, and how they're haters and how I'm a hater or whatever, when we have programs that we're excited about, dude, like, how much buzz do we start bubbling up from under the surface? You know, that hot summer of 2011 was because we reacted to the CM Punk promo. The Nexus being so hot is because we sort of generated that on Facebook and Twitter. Sure. Um, and, like, we respond to shit that is good. And the Reigns thing was really flat because, yeah, they not, it wasn't just that they telegraphed it. It's also that they, you know, cut poor Roman Reigns off at the knees leading into the Rumble. I'm sorry. I'm filibustering like the American <laughs> dream. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're saying plenty of uh, things that I, I agree with here. I just... I look at this show and 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 just to see people. I mean, you talk about like the IWC and you know it's it. There are some times where I feel like people are just you know they're complaining to complain and and they're just you know they're raising a fuss because they want to get themselves over online for some some fame. But I I really think that I look at this crowd from Philly and I saw people on Twitter saying, "Oh, this this crowd sucked and everybody got it wrong and they're just mad because their little Daniel Bryan didn't win and all this stuff, you know, all the stuff that you hear from people. And I'm just like, no, mm -hmm. I, I think that this time, much like last time, it's not just people online, just, just bitching, just to bitch. It's like, people really feel like it should have gone this way and you can't just dismiss it. Like, Oh, it's just these, these silly internet fans. What the hell do they know? You know, whether it's people in the media that get free tickets from WWE to put over the product, no matter what happens, we see that all the time. I see it all the time on Twitter and uh, it just, I, I think that people got it right. The fans got it right. It's like they want to see one thing and they saw something completely else. And again, they were telling people how they felt about it, whether it was the people in Philly, you know, the crowd or people online. I don't think it was just people just bitching just a bitch, you know? I, I agree. And look, I've gotten as much of the, the, oh, your hero, Daniel Bryan didn't win. You know, I've gotten as much of those. And look, half of that is troll, uh, you know, j just people fucking with people to fuck with people. And look, I'm all in favor of, tro of trolling, especially uh, people like me who are sort of, you know, mildly Internet famous, because my opinion isn't any more important than anybody else's fucking opinion. I worked there for a couple of years a decade ago, you know, like yeah. I know no more than you guys. Um, so people taking the piss out of me is is <laughs> absolutely okay. Actually, um, actually, though, Alex, hold, hold on, man. Hold on, bro. Your your stock has actually gone up a little bit because, you know, when we first started talking two years ago, it was you, you had came on and said, oh, everybody's going to say I'm the bitter X writer and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? The last couple and now there are 97 bitter X writers out there to choose from. No, no, that, <laughs> that that's true. But what I'm trying to say is it's like I've I've gotten reactions from your other interviews and I think the tide has turned on you personally. I've seen people saying, wow, this guy, I really like his take or they'll see somebody else and say, well, maybe I don't like their take. But I've actually seen people putting you over in comments when, you know, when these interviews blow up everywhere and people are hearing about them. 
So yeah, I think um, I think your stock is on the rise so a little you, bit. So they can contribute to your Patreon, is what I hear you saying. <laughs> and then, then when we're talking about giving me ten percent. I don't know. Like, think of something fair. There's <laughs> a hell of a plug right there. Wrestlinginformant.com/slash/patreon. I can't believe I'm doing this in the middle of an interview. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Wrestlinginformant.com. Uh, that, that was an inspired plug. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can donate just like our friends Paul Burke, Jeremy Rhodes. Uh, they have donated $20, and we do appreciate their donation. But, folks, you don't have to donate $20. You can donate whatever you want. I mean, seriously, we'll take whatever, you know, you're willing to give us. Every, every dollar you send our way, I mean, we have to cut off a little bit for Greenfield now because, damn it, he had to open his yeah. mouth. Uh, <laughs> yes. every, yeah, so much for that 10% we're getting. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if you go if you go to wrestlinginformant.com slash Patreon, uh, please help us out. We need, we need your money to... Uh, you know, make the podcast sound great and keep this website going. Cause damn it, we're we're great. No, okay. Anyway, uh, back on back on focus. Here. it. People really like me. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do. They do. I think I think your stock is gone. I wanted to interject that because you used to come on here and say, "Oh, I'm the people say I'm the bitter X writer," and I'm not hearing that anymore. So, no way. Fair enough. Uh, I'm I'm gonna turn heel then and uh, uh, just just start complaining. That. That Dolph Ziggler, who likes that guy? Uh. <laughs> That's great. CM who? CM who, yeah. How, how about that? UFC, CM Punk. I know we're going to be all over the place here for the next half hour or so, but how about that oh, CM Punk, I'm man? like the most ADD person. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. How, how about that CM Punk, man, going to the UFC? I don't know how much you pay attention to the fighting world, but what do you think about that? Uh, well, I mean, first off, to 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 be re- like, I it's very often Court who will drag me down for a big UFC fight. Like he wanted me to come down this past weekend for who is it? Silver, Silver, Silver. Yeah. Oh, Joseph Silver, <laughs> silver. the account, the Silver Dome silver brother, and, uh, and Diaz. <laughs> so I'm I'm a very very casual MMA fan. Me too. And, I mean, you know this. I am I am as big a CM Punk the wrestling uh, persona mark as you can be. But here's the thing, dude. Like, this is a guy with a limited jujitsu background who I, I I have no doubt is a pretty tough guy because most wrestlers are pretty tough men yeah. and women, um, just given what they go through. But he's gone through that. He's had years and years of wear and tear on his body and a very limited um, fight, uh, a very limited shoot fighting uh, background. Right. This feels to me, as as a man going through his midlife crisis as we speak, <laughs> this seems like the most dangerous fucking little sports car convertible that you could fucking ever get, right? Wow. I mean, this guy is going in there with guys who are gonna, even if they give him, um, you know, somebody with with a similar, you know, with no fights, uh, uh, like anybody coming in there, like remember, I, and it's, it's it sort of violates the story because I can't remember the guy's name. Okay. But remember, um, Strike Force, I think it was, or maybe it was Bellator, gave Kimbo Slice a guy they thought would just be someone to potato and knock out to get Kimbo over. Oh, yeah, Seth Petrozelli. That guy saw it as, yeah, he saw it as the opportunity of a lifetime and knocked him the fuck out. He and did. I think anybody they put in there with CM Punk is going to do that. But I think, I, I believe it was John Pollock on The Law, uh, or maybe it was Tom Lawler as a guest. There's there's a real question to me. Like I've I you know I worked on that um, the Frank Shamrock documentary that Court was the executive producer. Court Bauer was the executive producer of MLWRadio.com uh, a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
a few years ago. So I got to meet a bunch of fighters and produce interviews with them. And, and, um, it, it just, I don't know. It, it, I think there's a real opportunity and this, this is what, uh, uh, I think Lawler's observation was there's a real possibility. He doesn't get through training camp because training camps are, um, it's fucking brutal. It's really, really, really hard work. And you're going in there and getting the shit kicked out of you every day, both, in terms of your training and in terms of your sparring. And, you know, this is, what is, what is punk? He's 36, 37 years old. Yeah. He's been getting, Something like you that, know, yeah. in, in the, in the Colt interview, you know, I mean, one of the reasons he left is he was beaten to fucking hell. Um, and he's going to go in and do this. So I'm not complaining about, you know, you saw a bunch of people talking about the hypocrisy of part-timing of, of, of being a part-timer when he was complaining about part-timers and that sort of thing. That doesn't doesn't stress me out. And what stresses me out is here's an extraordinarily talented guy who could God, imagine Punk going to New Japan and what that would do for the oh, business man. internationally. Oh, you man, know? That was huge. Um and imagine and, and just just as a fan of professional wrestling, fucking imagine a CM Punk versus Shinsuke Nakamura match. Like that would be <laughs> I, I can't oh, imagine they would have to come up with a six star for the rating or at least it feels on paper like that would be the case um that'd be incredible this guy has so much future there he's got so much future in his creative uh you know marvel i've been trying to get into marvel uh to work on comics for 15 years and have barely gotten the time of day and i'm while i'm not the biggest writer in the world i've got a shit ton of cracks like i've made a bunch of movies sure um and and the wwe experience and all that i couldn't get in the door CM Punk did partly on his name recognition, but partly because in my limited experience with him and in the experience of everybody I know who's worked closely with him, he's an extraordinarily intelligent, creative guy. I don't know. And I mean, it it just, it feels like, I I mean, I hate to say it like this. It feels like the, I'm going to go into UFC feels like a dick measuring thing. And uh, it just seems, it seems like a waste of really valuable talent and really valuable time. Yeah, well, I mean, I think time Although, will tell. Let's be clear. I'm going to be getting that pay per view. You know, if he will. makes it and he's and he's in a fight. I think I think it's going to do an extraordinary buy rate. I no, I, I I agree. I think that people, the MMA loyal people, the uh, the big time fanatics, they're going to want to see him get the shit kicked out of him, and then yep. his fans are going to want to see him uh, prevail and, and prove that all that pro wrestler can do it. So either way, it's a win-win for UFC. It's a win-win for Punk. I mean, look, it's 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 a business. Forget all that purist crap. It's a business, and UFC is doing what they want to do to make some money, and I agree with it. Go for it. That's what I think. Um, hey, Although so, it's interesting. I, oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say a side question that kind of had really nothing to do with this, but it, it was something that you said that caught me. You were talking about your, your resume and, and writing a bunch of movies and WWE being on the resume has WWE being on the resume. Does that hurt or help you or does it have no difference? I'm just curious about that. I, you know, I've, I've gone back and forth on that for a long time. I think, uh, in the end, you know, uh, I left in, in, uh, Oh seven. So, right. so, you know, a long time ago now in the end, I think it didn't have much effect, uh, one way or the other. Okay. I, felt for a long time at first when I got out of there, especially when I was book- booking less writing and more production gigs, right. um, that it was a negative. Like, like when I was going out for 
per se reality shows or things like that. Right. Um, but it, it was it was sort of looked down on. Um, but I think ultimately, I, I think the only thing that WWE really hurt me with is I my screenwriting career was just starting to heat up when I took the gig. And uh-huh. I sometimes think about, I wouldn't be on your show right now. Yeah. Uh, I would just be, I would Damn. just be, you know, a, <laughs> a, I would never have been a, a head writer. But I think if I had it to do over again, I probably wouldn't have taken the gig. I probably would have stayed in L.A. and never fucking dealt with a 15-degree winter. Uh, and also just just focused on writing. But I think on the whole, like, it, it was an experience that I uh, both abhor... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and try to some degree because I have, you know, half a dozen friends who are friends for life, and like, I guess I guess a lot of people who do podcasts don't say it. Dude, the little taste of fame I get out of this is really fun. Like it's it is a nice thing to have people want to hear what you have to say about something that you care a lot about. Yeah. I've been a wrestling fan since I was a very small child, eight nine years old, and it's nice to be considered sort of an authority, I guess. And that would never have happened, obviously, if I hadn't gone and written there. But in terms of getting work, I feel like it's, and don't get me wrong, like at WWE, I was, I, you know, there have been people who have gone out and bitched about it. I was always very, very well taken care of financially, Mm -hmm. um, which was nice. That got me out of the debt of the early 2000s. (laughs) There you go. Um, But, you know, at the at the end of the day, it's an experience that I wouldn't trade for anything for personal reasons. But in terms of the broader arc of my career, um, it was it was like uh, uh, the least fun vacation ever because I'm <laughs> primarily a songwriter. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's see here. I I actually just got a question in on Twitter. I'll, I'll interject this since we're kind of all over the place. Um. Our, our pal Jimmy Baselis has a question here. He wants to know, in your opinion, Alex, do you think that we'll ever have another anti-hero baby face? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you mean, I, I suspect he means a top guy like an Austin or a CM Punk. Yes. Um, as, yeah. I mean, because, you know, Ambrose is an anti-authority baby face. He's just not anywhere near that top of the card yet. Oh, God, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, I think we will. Um, I don't know who the guy is and it does seem like Vince is very much against that right now. I like in a weird way. And and I'm probably going a little bit out on a limb, um, saying it, I think the next sort of, I don't think Roman Reigns is going to end up being the next John Cena, who is the next, you know, rock Austin, who are the next Hogan, you know, the big generational stars yes i'm gonna go out on a limb and i think that next star is gonna be a young man named sammy Zayn. wow i think he is the guy who has the full wow the the full package that people can latch into and uh, and here's the thing i don't think sammy Zayn is going to be that type i don't think he's going to be the anti-authoritarian uh baby face i think he's going to be the cooler and more relatable cena is probably the closest analogy Seen it without the rah-rah, kind of. Um, but I think I think that kid, and I call him a kid, I think he's in his in his 30s. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, easily. Um, but but I think I think that guy's got it all. And I, I suspect that when you when we're having this conversation after the rumble ten years in that, uh, ten years from now, yeah, we're gonna be talking about how sick we are of Sami Zayn being top at the top <laughs> of the card for six. Is it is it possible that uh, maybe we'll see 
the next Austin Rock in Zane and uh, Kevin Owens, maybe? Could that be a future? I, th- I think that is. I think that is very likely, but it's and this is purely going on instinct. I think that's going to be the feud to. I think that's going to be your Hogan Piper, and and I'm analogizing it very roughly. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure who the Hogan Macho Man or the Hogan Warrior is going to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't know who those guys are. Owens is going to be a very big and important heel. I think that's clear, and he's probably got a really big babyface run uh, uh, coming as well. But yeah. I don't know. Like if if we're just spitballing ideas. Um, I have the feeling uh, you're sort of a heel and a baby face who you go back to again and again for years. I think Rollins and Sami Zayn are going to be your guys. I'm glad you brought up Rollins. That is a perfect transition point for me, Alex, because the last time we spoke, you had pitched an idea, and and forgive me, I don't have all the, the exact details in front of me, but you had this crazy idea about how Rollins was going to cash in and become the champion. And to me, I was kind of sitting back like, wow, that's a great idea. I really don't see him anywhere near the title at, at this point of the year. And here we are. And he was in the world title match of the Royal Rumble. So I was already wrong there. And they had this incredible triple threat. And I'm not quite sure where he fits in the picture fast lane going into mania, but I want to kind of get your thoughts now that he's kind of in that, uh, that main event picture, uh, get your thoughts on how he's progressed since August, since we last talked. Uh, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty phenomenal, right? I mean, look again, I'm just sort of restating, uh, uh, the conventional wisdom at this point, but you know, everybody was like Rollins reigns like that, or, or rather, uh, uh, Ambrose and reigns. We're going to be the, the, the marquee players coming out of the shield. And, yeah. you know, clear, clearly all three of these guys have incredibly bright futures. But boy, Rollins, sort of sketchy, sleazy guy, heel, uh, like, he's an old-school chicken-shit heel, you know? He's got a little Tully Blanchard in him. He's got a little Piper. Like, I really dig him. He's, uh, to me anyway, he's the best booking outside of NXT uh, in WWE. And I think, like, where's he going to be? I mean, I know, surely the likelihood is that he's in... I would I would think either either with Daniel Bryan or with Randy Orton, right? Or maybe they do a triple threat there. Um, but I think he's going to be your WrestleMania. But he, you know, who he's going to be like? I bet. I bet he's going to be like Hunter was in the what two thousand one to two thousand four or five period. That right. He's just sort of the overarching heel. Um, he just he has all the upside in the world, and you know, Austin and Court were talking about this on their. I, on Austin's podcast earlier this week, like when he goes baby, remember all those big fucking moves. And, and, you know, I just watched he and Daniel Bryan from an old ROH on YouTube today. Um, when he goes baby after a good long heel run, please don't jump the gun on it. (laughs) Um, I think the audience is going to go crazy for it. Oh yeah. He's, he's just been so phenomenal. I think he's, he's just a super great player. And, and frankly, I'm glad he's working heel right now, largely because um, one of the things we've seen with that high bump style of guys like Daniel Bryan is you get hurt faster and earlier, you know? And working his more restrained style uh, uh, adds adds mileage to the tank. Yeah, he's, I mean, we, we come mm-hmm. on this show every week and gush about Seth Rollins. I mean, I could sit here for an hour and just tell you how freaking great he is, but... 
It, right, it, and that fact that fact of Seth Rollins is money and everything's clicking. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's us every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, he's yeah. I, he's just so damn good, and he does his job so well. He's not trying to be the cool guy heel, getting pops from you know a certain uh, part of the audience. He's just he's out there doing his job. The fact that people boo him, he's doing his job, and he is so effective at it. And I could just go on and on and on, but I'll. I'll say you, you want to see people kick his ass. Like yes. how yeah. much at the end of that triple threat um, when Brock finally got his hands on, on how awesome was that? Did like, you see when he that, charged in the ring like right a bear? Here. Yeah. <laughs> when he was outside and the match was just about over and the way Les, I've never seen him run that fast in my life. And he charged in there like some kind of like crazed, like bear just ready to maul somebody and he he got in there he broke it up and and he just killed Rollins it was great oh and i mean look like that's why i mean you know the whole internet uh uh the, and and even outside the internet the, the the broader fan base like people are salivating for the Brock baby face run at that point which is why another reason why i think uh in, in the same way that they reshaped the main event at Rainia last year, I think they're going to do it this year because I think what you're going to end up seeing is a double turn. Right. Um, if they don't have to turn Reigns earlier than that, yeah, uh, just because the crowd seems to already be there. But boy, I hope Brock stays, and I hope they give him a strong babyface run. I know um, because that's like we haven't gotten to see that since he's come back, and I think it would be awesome. What did you think about the 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 Paul Heyman Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar segment from Monday? What, what's your thoughts on that whole thing? I mean, first and foremost, to me, it's it's yet another statement that that Paul is rapidly and look. This is something I sent him in an email after a promo in during the during the autumn. Um, he is is really challenging for the title of best promo in the history of business uh, uh, at this point. Uh, it, he, the, the, the pictures help, the, 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 the oil paintings that this guy can create with words and language and pace and volume and everything that he does are just absolutely phenomenal. And to me, I, it's one of the many reasons that I'm really excited about the idea um, that's floating around everywhere of the double turn at Mania and of, of Reigns running with Heyman for a long time. I've seen how Heyman um, deals with talent firsthand. I mean, we all know the stories, but it's not all, all, all whispering and, uh, 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 you know, promises of the stars. He is really good at finding the best pieces of themselves for talent. Sure. And that's something that Reigns needs. But on the whole, like, the speech he gave talking about his history with the Samoans and, and, you know, the whole thing, it got me more excited about the conflict between Reigns and Lesnar. It's exactly what Heyman's job is, right? Of course. It got me more excited oh, yeah. than anything else. And it makes me excited for the run up to WrestleMania um, if we can hear Paul Heyman a whole lot because he's the best salesman, you know, on-camera salesman um, maybe ever. Like, he's, he's really exciting to listen to. I've listened... I bet a dramatic reading by Paul Heyman of the phone book would be a, a phenomenal, phenomenal reading of a list of names. No, no, I agree with you. And I wish to God we could have had him on this Thursday show. Roman Reigns comes out, you know, Triple H is doing this oddball promo about 
not canceling Raw. Like, he was all babyface. Like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, what is he selling? I think, I think that's hey, the Vince. I think that's Vince. Yeah, he, he seemed like DX Triple H for a minute there. Yeah. It was, it weird. was weird. But but Paul Heyman would have would have definitely helped this thing out because Roman came out there and just, he just seemed all off. I don't know if, you know, maybe just the Rumble crowd got to him or what. But it's just one of these things where he could have really benefited from having him out there. And then, of course, they had him go into this match with Big Show. And I just, you know what, Big, Big Show's been around for a long time. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but goddamn, I've just seen enough of this guy. Uh, but I just think that um, as far as Reigns and and showing a match, that didn't get anybody excited. And he went out there and kind of cut this weird promo of Triple H. And I don't think that got anybody excited. And long story short, Paul Heyman should have been there. That would have been so much better. <laughs> no, and that there were still, you know, that 60%, 70% of that audience was still booing uh, in the high spots leading into the finish. And here's the thing. You're strapping a rocket to the guy's back, and you have him have a really competitive match with show. Um, the show took most of. Yeah. Uh, it's just like the entire approach isn't making a lot of sense. Um, and look, there's always the maybe there's some hidden scheme underneath, but it feels to me... Like, they were expecting the reaction, like, uh, against, uh, you know, like, they expected the reaction when Reigns was with the Shield fighting Evolution and fighting the Wyatt family. Yep. Um, and that reaction dissipated, I think, in no small measure because of what WWE has given him to work with. And, and, and to go back around to what we were talking about earlier about crowd reactions and people thinking that, oh, it's just the internet sucks and all this stuff. Look at the look on Rock's face. Just do a freeze frame on the network of the Rumble. Look at the Rock's face at this reaction that Reigns is getting. I mean, look, I came on and did a show last Sunday before the Rumble because when they when, when it was announced it was Rock was in town, he was tweeting about it, WWE was advertising. I said, oh, my God, they're probably going to include him somehow in WrestleMania. This could change everything. And lo and behold, he was brought in just to give Reigns a at a boy, you know, raise his hand. This is the new guy. Everybody get on board. You like me. You, sh you should like him. And when he got in the middle of that ring, the look on his face at that crowd, just taking a complete dump on this whole thing. It was priceless. Alex, absolutely. Ab priceless. No, absolutely. And I just, I kept thinking to myself, God damn, I want to play uh, cards with the rock. I want to play a game of poker with him because he's got <laughs> no poker face, but he just looked Floored, right? Yeah, he, he, he was, was completely yeah, he was floored by the reaction, and uh, you know, uh, some others have been talking about this. Like, that's not someone you want to alienate if you're WWE right now, because The Rock is money, and he's going to be even more money this summer because Fast Six or Seven, whatever it is, Fast Seven is going to do gangbuster business. Oh yeah, um, it, it, like it was just, it was, it was. Awful. And yeah, it's like, gotta, you know, if what you've been hearing is Vince saying, God damn it, man, we're going to put the rocket on your back and send you straight to the moon. And you walk out and 15,000 people want anyone but you to win. <laughs> um, that's gotta, that's gotta shake your confidence. Um, but it all works really well if you turn the guy heel. Oh yeah. Um, so bear in mind, when I was at the company, we were having should we turn Cena heel conversations uh, during his program with Angle right after he won the title. Um, like those conversations were going on then because of the booze and Vince uh, back then was just like, God damn it, no, we stay the course. Um, so so keep in mind if Vince has it, this is our babyface um, in his mind. 
there's every possibility that we don't get the, the double turn, we don't get Paul Heyman with him, we don't get any of that, because Vince has just decided this is going to be the guy and I'm going to ride through with it. And here's the thing, and I always throw this out because uh, uh, I, I feel like people don't pay enough attention to it. Um, usually when I um, watch uh, one of the main WWE shows, um, my wife looks up from her iPad right. uh, when Roman Reigns is on because he's a fucking good-looking dude, and that matters, and people forget that that matters, but it's real easy to see Roman Reigns on... Uh, not Regis and Kathy Lee. Boy, I am old. Uh, whoever it is and whoever the other person is who's hosted SmackDown. I don't even know who uh, the hell hosts that show anymore. I don't think Yeah, I, really I have no but idea. But no on, on Today or on Saturday Night Live or whatever, yeah. he's telegenic. When you listen to, and I haven't heard, I guess there was a recent interview that he wasn't sounding uh, particularly great, but the interviews I've heard with the guy, he's glib and articulate and funny and like... He's, he does have all the tools to be that guy. Oh, yeah. So the question is just, I, to me, um, it, all those tools are there, but right now he's in the die, Rocky, die phase. So yeah. let him be the heel that The Rock was. Um, and let the crowd turn him baby face when they need to, which is what happened with The Rock. Well, because at the end of the day, if they go that route, I mean, let's just say almost if they use The Rock blueprint completely, and not that it can be perfect, but I'm just throwing it out there, but... You could almost do it that way, have him go heel and then eventually be baby, and then Vince gets what he wants anyway. It'll just take a longer time to get there, but, I mean, I think that's a better route to go rather than just flat out, here's what you're having for dinner, and I'm shoveling it in your mouth, and take it or you get nothing else. I'm Just take this, and that's it. I think it's better what you're saying. Go the other route, let him be the heel, and then get to the baby, and people he'll, he'll win over with people eventually. Uh, I, I think you are right. In fact, I think he will win over people faster with strong heel run. He would have uh, without without the heel run, with just just going straight babyface now. And yeah. yeah, I know he was a heel ostensibly with the shield, but I I feel like there's enough separation between. Uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah. In, ref, in wrestling years, you know, wrestling years are like dog years, and the heel Roman Reigns from the Shield. Uh, was a long time ago. Exactly. Let me let me get you to wrap your head around this, if you have any thoughts on it at all. Triple H said that on Monday, which is tomorrow, he's going to drop some sort of a bomb that's going to rock the foundations of the WWE Universe, you know, all these big words they like to use, and saying that uh, they, they kind of uh, said the Rumble was controversial. It was uh, talking about all this controversy, and Roman Reigns came out and said, there's no controversy, I won the match. What do you, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, if you even care to think about it, but what do you think maybe Triple H is alluring to? What do you think they may, what direction you think they may be going on Monday? Well, I mean, it's certainly a tease for it to be something with Brian. And remember, we went through this after, after Ray won the Rumble and Vince literally the next day was like, God damn it, this guy is not going to be in the main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, and we were like, wait, we've been building to this, for, uh, but uh, anyway, that, that's just my own PTSD. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, it, 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 I mean, it certainly is a tease that you're going to get the, somehow Brian can get into it or something like that. But I think, uh, 
it feels like in the last couple of years, whenever they come out with a big announcement that will change the foundation of WWE forever and ever and ever, yeah. um, that Honor and Steph show up back on TV after the most important match ever for the history of the company right after Survivor Series. Four or, weeks. Or we did, uh, yeah, four weeks even Four weeks! Or what is this thing that's going to change the WWE? We've got our new logo. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, 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 am, I am prepared to be proven wrong, but I have a feeling whatever it is will underwhelm us completely. Uh, well, hey, I, I hope you're wrong. I want to be intrigued, damn it. Don't let me... No, you no, know. no. I, and, like, that, that's the thing where I always am. Like, I would love them to have some kind of storyline that leads to, could Brian get in? And I'm okay... Why it did an interesting thing? I like I watched that partly because it was uh, uh, I knew I was doing your show and I should have at least some knowledge of current events. Sure, yeah. But remember, Bray Wyatt said something interesting. He said, um, and everybody everybody's thinking, oh, it's something to do with Undertaker. He but he said, when you see what I'm about to do, uh, you'll never smile again, or something like that. Was the close to his promo run? Right. Um, I wonder if Brian's not going to get an opportunity of WrestleMania somehow break it and take it away from him. Ooh, that's but interesting. But that doesn't have anything Ooh. to do with Hunter. So maybe Hunter sets up a way. I don't know. I mean, I'm just fantasy booking, pulling stuff out of my ass. You know, like, uh, uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe, but it maybe feels they do, like it, the Hunter announcement has to do with Brian in some way. Could maybe, maybe they do some kind of, maybe at Fastlane, they do some kind of match to try to screw Roman Reigns out of his spot. That's another, I mean, we're sort of, we're ADD through our, through our topics here. Yeah. Um, but well, that's, that's one of those that um, it, it just, there's something that doesn't feel terribly organic to me about oh, why, why is the authority not into Roman Reigns? Like, I just don't understand. In the same way we talked about it, uh, or maybe, maybe we didn't. I, I, I certainly yapped about it online. <laughs> um, I never really understood why the authority was in conflict with John Cena because he's the ideal face of the company being, you know, the face of the company. Sure. It never yeah. made sense to me why they would be in conflict. And it doesn't make any sense to me why, why there, there's no organic reason it doesn't feel like that Reigns is in conflict with the authority. Yeah, I, I, I mean... Like, why, why, are they, why would they not want him to be the champion any more than anyone else? It, it just doesn't except, make any except sense. Except that they have a vested interest in Seth Rollins being their guy. Yeah. Which also doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, but I guess Rollins brought them back, so that, that gives them some loyalty, <laughs> and boy, Steph and Hunter are known for their loyalty on screen. Uh, yeah, yeah those are bonus points. Yeah, those are bonus points right there. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, is, there, is there any other ideal picture for Brian if he's not in the title picture? Uh, I, I'm actually not at all against. I, I think he, Orton, and Rollins and the Triple Threat would be a great, uh, you know, under, underneath match. Yeah, I think there, there's every likelihood it will steal the show in terms of the work rate of the match. Because I mean, to me, Randy's always been an incredibly undervalued worker, um, um, it, and Lord knows why. Um, but when he's on and he's engaged as a performer. Um, he's, he's, you know, clearly among the best in the, in the business, certainly in America. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, I think he, Brian and, and Rollins would, would tear the house down. He's got to fit into the picture somewhere. Cause I was surprised not to see him at the rumble. So they got to get him in somewhere. Yeah. Didn't he have, and correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he have an injury he's coming back from? Like it was, it wasn't some major thing, but, uh, 
Mm, I, oh, no, you know what? The rumor that I read was they didn't want him in the Rumble because they didn't want any uh, late baby faces to take away from Reigns, which is why they left in Ziggler and Ambrose, who's exactly that audience would <laughs> want to win the most. I know. So the maybe w- they thought, oh, God, well, Orton's in there. He'll steal Reigns' spotlight. <laughs> well, they, they sure spaced out Brian from all that. They got rid of him pretty quickly. Well, I mean, I, it, it's funny. As a, as a, I disagree with the decision, but as a tactical move, you can at least understand what they were trying to do, yeah. which is separate him. You don't want he and Reigns in the ring at the same time. I just think I think there was no good decision except Daniel Bryan if you wanted that crowd not to boo. Yeah, and you, and you worked, at your time in WWE, you worked one of the Royal Rumble pay-per-views, did you not? Yep, yep, I uh, the year Ray won. And, oh, yeah, that's right. And, and how, how involved uh, were you in as far as the process of different spots in the match and all that kind of stuff? Because we, we never got you on to really ask you about how, you know, the, the processes of working on that match, you know, from a behind-the-scenes behind the perspective. And I, I wanted to slip that in somewhere here. There, uh, very little, um, except insofar as deciding, uh, uh, you know, being part of the decision of who would win. Right. Which that year was a pretty fucking fierce debate. Right. Um, um, of Ray and, and several other performers. Um, Who was the number and, two? Uh, so we ended up we ended up going with Ray, oh. and uh, then it get, got passed off. In my day, the guys who actually laid out the rumble were Pat Patterson, Michael Hayes, and Shane McMahon. Oh, okay. Um, so they know the finish, and then uh, you know, you know, obviously Michael's day to day on the team at that point. He wasn't a head writer yet, but he was. Uh, you know, there every day. Pat had a great impression of everything because he was at, you know, TV every week, uh, uh, as was Shane. Yeah. Um, so they knew what storylines to go into. And, um, uh, but really the creative team had virtually nothing to do with the internal mechanics of the, of the Rumble match itself. Gotcha. And by the way, you said a couple people you were talking about. Who was maybe the number two or number three choice to possibly win that year? Oh God! Because what did we have? We had um, Kurt yeah. uh, and 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 someone for the title, right? We was it Undertaker yet, or no? Undertaker was the next month. Yeah, it was um, the next month. Maybe was it Mark Henry? No, could have been Mark. Was it? No, Mark. I, th- I thought. I thought. Kurt, in, I thought. I thought Kurt and Taker was that the the title match. That was no way out. That no. was no way out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so, because because we did the big gag at the end of the title match, right? That that yeah. the lightning bolt hit the ring and it collapsed and all of that stuff. Yep. Um, gosh, I can't remember. Hunter was never in the running. Okay. Um, I wish I could tell you. Now that you've said it, it wouldn't surprise me if Mark Henry was in there. But oh, it was. It was. Henry. It was Kurt versus Mark Henry for the title. Yeah, and then that led to uh, Mark um, um, with getting the match because we knew we knew Mark and Undertaker. I, I mean, it, I, saying this, it, it's not um, um, it, it's not a negative, but pretty much shortly after Eddie died, we knew Mark was going to be going with Undertaker because uh, it was a match that Undertaker really wanted, and uh, to, uh, Dave Lagana um, really had him heat up in the angle with Eminem. And we got him credited with taking Batista out and all of that stuff. So we knew that was happening. I, I wish I could tell you. I can't remember. But there were there were three names I remember uh, that were bandied about as winning the Rumble. Um, and it ended up being right. But I can't remember who the other two guys were. Okay. I know, I know Orton was in there at the end. He was the last guy to be eliminated. 
And then, yeah. uh, let's see here. I'm just looking at, uh, Wikipedia. Great tool here. Let's see. Uh, the last few eliminations, Randy Orton, gold, dust, Shelton, Benjamin, viscera. These are some of the last guys to be eliminated out of the match. So interesting. None of those guys. Were no. Consideration. <laughs> uh, uh, Randy, Randy obviously was, and always yeah. was Randy Orton during that period was the guy. Yeah. Um, the guy, and somehow it just never came together. And I know, like, I wasn't privy to it. There was some, I can't remember whether it was a drug test or something. Like, he screwed up at just the wrong moment, like, three different times. And that sucked. That sucked. Because Randy, uh, uh, that was, like, he was, when Dave got hurt, it was going to be seen in Dave as long-term guys. And then Dave got hurt, and Randy was seriously looked at, and that uh, didn't end up happening, and uh, that was that was a bummer. But um, I mean, hey, I'll put that triple threat match they put together at uh, twenty two up up against just about anything except this triple threat match. Yeah, at Rumble, which was <laughs> phenomenal. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember, but there were a couple of names under consideration. Randy was one, Ray was one, and there was somebody else, and I can't for the life of me remember who it was. Ah, who the hell cares? It was eight years ago anyway. Nobody remembers. Just like Vince says, nobody remembers. God damn it. God damn nobody it. They cares. Don't remember, including the people who wrote the shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul Burke uh, wanting to know, uh, and we may have covered this on previous shows, but he's he's kind of a new listener of ours here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, why why does uh, WWE treat SmackDown as, as the nothing show? Is that kind of because it was taped? Is there other reasons? Uh, Alex? Uh, because, because, believe me, that's one That's one I dealt with every goddamn day the whole time I was there. Um, <laughs> the general, it was never stated outright to me, but I certainly, you know, I had conversations with Steph and other people. It's because Raw won, in Vince's mind, Raw won the Monday Night War. Yep. Raw is the flagship. Fair enough. And uh, it was a bummer, you know, as a SmackDown person, you know, Heyman's talked about this, Dave Lagan has talked about this, I have... Uh, Hayes never will, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, it, whenever we got someone hot, they would, they would just yank them away from us and we'd have to create, you know, we, we were the last three, uh, new stars and then Raw takes them away from you and you've just got to start from zero, even if you're in, say, the middle of a fucking program, yeah. um, which is a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, uh, I, I think it's because I think it really comes down to it being, uh, it's, it's the flagship for the WWE and it's what Vince cares about more. Fair enough. Which is too bad because I think there, there have been periods, um, certainly Heyman's period. And I think a few others that SmackDown is far and away the better show. Oh, and definitely around that time. I mean, when you were in there and around that, that, that era of SmackDown, there was a lot of good stuff going on over there. It was a very interesting show to watch. That was, that was a Thank deep you. roster, I mean, too. We certainly, you know, we, I, I feel, uh, speaking as an atheist, uh, <laughs> I feel really blessed to have had the crew, uh, the, the crew of people uh, working on my show that I did. Like, you know, King Booker, uh, Booker T's King Booker persona was so funny, and yet he could turn on the viciousness on a dime. Like, I thought he and Charmel and Regal and Finley were so fun to build the show around. Like, it was great for me every day. Before Mark Henry got hurt, he was such a great badass heel. Yeah. Uh, I know it's sort of verboten to talk about, but, uh, you know, Benoit performed fantastically for me. Like, it was, 
uh, it was it was really a dream cast for me to be able to. It, it was a great sandbox to be allowed to play in for a while. Definitely. Um, let's see here. What do you? Uh, another listener question. What do you think uh, will change when Triple H and Stephanie take complete control of the company? Uh, Kevin Dunn will be fired. <laughs> Your buddy? No, he probably he probably won't be fired. He will know uh, in no certain uncertain terms. It's the day to put the resignation on the boss's desk. Um, he will he will be gone, and that will. I think the company will be in a much better place. And look, you know this. I am not, and and still am not, even though uh, uh, much of the world has turned the biggest fan of, of Triple H in the world. Uh, I did not have an especial joy in working with him, and I suspect, I have no evidence of this, I suspect a lot of the things that, uh, that uh, our friend Triple H is getting credit for yeah. are actually the work of Stephanie Levesque. Wow. Um, Oh yeah, she's she's and and you know there there are others of the uh, the seventy nine writers uh, <laughs> who do podcasts uh, who will who will stringently disagree with me. I'm sure. Yeah, I think Stephanie is incredibly smart. She's got a brilliant creative mind, and I can see traces of her in many of the awesome things that you see on TV. Um, just knowing her sort of creative instincts. And maybe she's trained Hunter. Like, you know, that's totally a possibility. But I I suspect that, uh, you know, Hunter is very, very well loved right now. And yep. I bet a lot of that is Stephanie uh, playing with the marionette from behind the scenes. That is a very unique perspective that Chris or I, quite frankly, probably would have never thought. But you've been no. there. And that's a that's a that's definitely an, an interesting opinion. And I'm sure people will be talking <laughs> about that. That's an interesting opinion. And I think it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's that's fascinating as hell to hear that. I, you know, who would have thought Stephanie McMahon so damn creative? She really, really is, and I think you can see shades of that when when she is on and playing her her uh, the the sort of condescendingly bitchy heel uh, persona on TV. Yeah. Like her delivery is so good. Oh it's yeah, just sublime. Um, and I'm telling you right now, nobody else is writing for her. Like that's all Stephanie writing for herself. No, that's, that's great. And then you see things like Hunter in the, uh, Hunter's supposed to be the badass heel and he can't resist the frat boy urge to, uh, be the cool heel. Like when he was hanging out with his NWO buddies at the opening of SmackDown Uh last week, whatever his temptation to play cool heel is irresistible to him. Stephanie doesn't fall into that trap, you know. And I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, yeah. She, she, uh, when she wants to get hit, uh, she is very, very good at it. She is, she is damn good. I think that's a, uh, a reflection in some ways of her broader creativity um, that you don't get to see on a day in day out basis because that's all behind the scenes. Do you think she has any involvement in NXT? Because what we've seen is that that's Triple H's baby. That that's his deal. Do you think she has any input into what we're seeing as the greatness of NXT? Uh, yes. Um, I like. I couldn't tell. I, I'm not necessarily saying that. Oh, she's down there writing promos or whatever. But I would uh, that uh, a significant amount of American dollars um, that she's watching every episode and 
giving notes is maybe too strong a term, but but just sort of subtly pushing things in a direction that she likes. So you're you're saying that there is some input there, some feedback. I, I'm something. almost sure of it. Yeah, wow, I would I sense. would think so. Another question coming in. Uh, do you have any picks on maybe a top two or three matches to help sell out uh, the Dallas Stadium next year, WrestleMania? Oh God, are, are we? Are, how deep into fantasy booking? Like, can I play with Stone Cold Steve Austin? Of course. Here, here. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we, you really want to sell it out? Uh, how about uh, uh, Steve Austin versus CM Punk? Wow. Like, there's there's <laughs> the sellout fucking uh, uh, money. <laughs> or, or, or hell, Steve versus The Undertaker retirement match and Vince versus uh, CM Punk retirement match. Wow. There you go. Well, Gary and I were talking last week about how they were going to fill that stadium. If that realistically happen, I don't necessarily think so. <laughs> I don't know. You think, you think guys like John Cena and Roman Reigns could possibly sell this building out? I don't know about that one. Um, have we, you know, like, have we had Heyman at Reigns' side as a monster heel champion for a year, and we get Dan Bryan, maybe, I mean, I, like, look, I think for that stadium, I think you need your Brock, I think you need your Austin, I think you need your Rock, um, I mean, to make a legit sellout, yeah. uh, a, a crowd that would, you, that would beat WrestleMania 3, um, it's, it's gonna be tough. Yeah. Certainly, it's going to be really tough. But are there are there if that is your goal and you're willing to spend whatever it takes to get there? Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. Uh, one more of the listener questions here, and we may have covered some of this ground, but let's just do a formally here. Uh, is it is it hard to write promos for a superstar? And and does Vince get? Uh, well, this seems kind of obvious. Vince, I'm sure he does get pushy about it. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah it, it is. Oh, I mean, it depends on the frickin' superstar, man. Um, you know, my, my relationship with Mark Henry was, literally, we would sit down, and for about a minute, I'd tell him, I need you three and a half minutes on this. Yeah. And on, on whatever the topics were, and I need you to hit this, this, and this. And he'd go away, and he'd come back. Like, it was the easiest, breeziest process. And it was like that, I mean, we talked earlier, you know, JBL, uh, Dave Batiste, you know, there were guys who it was super easy for there were guys like Kurt Angle who wanted me to write dialogue for them, this day, and they would deliver it, you know, fantastically. Um, so it's different with different guys. Where it gets tricky is exactly what you were alluding to, the Vince thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I hate every promo that I quote-unquote wrote. I mean, I actually did the type thing after Vince dictated them to me. I hate everything I had Ray say. And it sucked because I think we could have had a lot more mileage with him as champion if he wasn't going out there and insipidly acting like, oh, I'm so grateful to have the title. Uh, I don't even deserve this every week. And that was, that was Vince, which, you know, it sounds like I'm trying to, to, you know, maybe I could have fought it harder or manipulated better or who knows what. And but when... There's no easy answer to it. Is it hard writing for superstars? No harder than it is writing anything, um, except that you have to deal with the politics of where that dude is on the totem pole uh, in one man's eyes. Right. Now, now, just a, a sidetrack to that, and not that you could speak for anyone, but does Ray kind of sit back and know this stuff sucks, or is he just kind of along for the ride? Um, Ray, Ray was always very game and, and, and absolutely gave his best. Uh, to everything that he was made to say. But no, he certainly asked me, he was like, is this, you know, the right approach? 
uh, this doesn't feel good, and I'd go back to Vince, and, you know, I'd play uh, Henry Kissinger doing the shuttle diplomacy back and forth. Yeah. Um, but no, he knew. He knew it wasn't the right. He knew it wasn't the best approach for his reign, of course. He's a smart guy. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that's good to hear. Um, as we kind of close it out, um, thoughts on uh, any 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 random thoughts you may have on any any of the competition? TNA, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Lucha Underground. What do you think about yeah, some yeah, of the yeah. competition um, out there? Lucha Underground is uh, my favorite American wrestling show right now. I I think what they're doing is so refreshingly different. Um, you know, you know, just just this last week's episode with you know Conan laying in a pool of blood and and Puma really working from underneath and like it, they're really good. I think Dario Cuerta is the best uh, uh, authority figure I've seen in in years in years since you know Vince uh, 1.0 since Mr. McMahon 1.0. Right. Um, I, I it's an absolutely phenomenal show that I I. Uh, encourage everyone to go in and check out. Um, it, it's really fun. I am super, super loving uh, what Mauro uh, Ranello and, and Josh Barnett are doing for the English commentary for the New Japan show on Access, right. which is oh yeah, hands down the best in a straightforward way. The best professional wrestling you're going to see on Earth right now is. Uh, uh, on on New Japan, and they're showing uh, old matches, some of which I've seen before, some of which I haven't seen before. But just to give you, uh, if if you haven't watched the show, and you can go out of your way it. to find it, find episode three, which is the second on on their series, the second of the Tanahashi Okada matches, and Muro Ranallo has suddenly become um, pretty much the yeah the best commentator in the business. Like he gets those stories and their background and the importance of it all over so well. And it's, it's one of those things. I know a lot of my friends have been resistant to new Japan. They're just like, Oh, you're a work rate monkey. You know, like you're like, you're just looking at that. No, no, no. The stories they tell are amazing. And if the hurdle for you has been the Japanese um, what Josh and Mara are doing is fantastic. They give you a real sense of drama, a real sense of context, and it is absolutely worth your time to, to seek out uh, um, in New Japan on Access and uh, check it out because it's, I mean, you're not going to see better pro wrestling in America. Um, and uh, I'll throw one out there that's a little bit uh, more off the beaten track, um, look up on Twitter, and they they have a, a few shows up on YouTube. There's a wonderful English wrestling promotion called Progress Wrestling um, that featured uh, my match of the year last year, which was uh, uh, a guy named Zach Ry- uh, Zach Ryder. No, uh, Zach Saber <laughs> Zach Saber Jr. versus Prince Devitt, who is now Finn Balor, obviously down in uh, NXT. Yeah, um, it was just a jaw-droppingly beautiful match and all up and down the card. They, they call themselves punk rock wrestling and it proves that vibe and they're very well worth just, just dig around on YouTube, look them up on Twitter. I think it's, this is underscore progress. Um, and they're, they're a promotion you should keep your eye on because they're doing some really, really amazing work over there. Yeah, I've I've been I've been keeping up on the uh, the New Japan shows on uh, Access TV, and that, that match that uh, 
Tanahashi and Okada had at the, uh, I think it was the Sumo Dome. That was, uh, was it that one or the Currican Hall one? I, I can't remember. Go ahead. I, I was say uh, it might have been the Currican Hall one, but both of the, I mean, their their rivalry was is just incredible. And I'm gonna segue that into the Wrestle Kingdom Nine show that we, I don't know, Gary and I watched it. I watched it live. I want to get your thoughts on that show as a uh, whole. Maybe, I mean, maybe like in the handful of best professional wrestling shows I've ever seen. And uh, uh, here, here's my, uh, you know, I was saying Sami Zayn uh, uh, is going to be the guy. In Japan, the next guy is going to be Kota Ibushi. Like, that guy is a steamboat level babyface. And his yeah, that, match with Nakamura, um, oh. like, it's tough to say on February 1st what the match of the year is going to be. How do you top that? Like, it was yeah. so dramatic. It was so just absolutely wonderful. And then Tanahashi and Okada come out and follow it with a match that, you know, you use the Meltzer star ratings, maybe, you know, it's four and three quarters instead of five. But they managed to go out and follow what is in the, you know, top ten matches I've ever seen. Wrestle Kingdom 9 was just phenomenal. And how, like... JR was everything we expected him to be as oh, as a commentator. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was he was just fantastic. But how about Matt Stryker, man? Like, oh, Matt, Matt you know, sometimes he can go so far into hyperbole and wrestling nerddom and all of that. And look, I've had conversations with the guy about that uh, uh, back when we were at WWE. Right. But boy, man, he just once they found their rhythm in the uh, I feel like in the Shibata match. Um. Man, he was a revelation. Like that's that's the Matt Striker I want on Underground, and yep. and that's the Matt Striker who has the potential to become sort of one of the preeminent commentators in wrestling. Right, and I had heard some Matt Striker stuff earlier in the year at uh, the uh, Tommy Dreamer's uh, House of Hardcore. Matt, Matt Striker was doing color, and I thought he he was really starting to find a rhythm, uh, find a rhythm there. Oh, nice! No, I haven't seen that one. Uh, yeah, that's, that's um, you know, I, I hear him on Underground, and um, yeah. I've, I've heard him commentate a couple of other shows, uh, and and then obviously back when he was at at WWE doing doing commentary. Mm-hmm. But he found like his chemistry with Jr. just clicked about uh, a third of the way through the show, and mm-hmm. he just got better and better. And it, it was just it's a. Like, if there is one show that you want to go and pay for, and I really hope you pay for it, not because I want to go on a piracy rant or anything like that, yeah. but we want to see more of these pay-per-views in America, and that requires buying, you know? <laughs> no, um, no. Look up on the GFW website and see if it's available to buy on your on your local service anywhere. Um, I, because it's just, it's a phenomenal show, and it's the kind of wrestling we deserve. Yeah, I was. I made sure I definitely bought it. I was not going to miss it. You know, we we did our anti piracy rant. I think last week or the week before. But I was up at the <laughs> two a.m. two a.m. Watch, watching it live. So no, you're a better no man choice. than I am. I watched it uh, that Sunday night. Like uh, uh, that's that's when it was on. Yeah, um, me too. And uh, I originally I wanted to get it on the the app that they had, and I think it's good news that they they crashed the app with enough. There were enough people um, interested. <laughs> in that crashed the app. It was a nightmare. Uh, was the scripts or the scripts or whatever app. The flips. Flips. That's yeah. it. Flips. It, it flips was a nightmare. I, I had so many problems with that damn app that I just I gave up. I got my refund and then I ordered it on pay per view, like you were saying, Alex, on Sunday night. And yeah, it was great. It was absolutely great. No, and the best thing about it was, you know, I watched it with 
Oh, I think it was four guys were over at my house who were somewhere between the uh, were strong MMA fans, much stronger than I am. Sort of my local crew who I go and watch MMA shows with. Right. Um, a lapsed wrestling fan and a current fan who you know just just like us. Everybody loved the show, and it was it was tough, man. Like four hours is a long, long time. Hell yeah, it is. Oh yeah, I have a hard enough time um, with three hours of raw. Second, the second half of that show, yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> um, but the second half of that show was so good. Nobody, nobody complained about it. Nobody, nobody said anything. And look, I, I, uh, what, could, could we find things to complain about on the show? Like, sure. Yeah, I, I thought the uh, two, four, six, eight man was a little spot, spot heavy, and not enough. Stuff. You know, you can find little things. Right. But goddamn, from from Chibata forward. Um, everyone was great. And man, like talking about, yeah, I know you mentioned TNA, which I just, I'm like, it's just not sucking me in. Same here. Um, but no dude, what a difference gear makes. AJ Styles is, is one of the best performers on the planet. Yes. Like he's oh, yeah. just, he's so no good. And the way they, and I know the cost of, um, getting over the hold so much <laughs> is, uh, you know, uh, uh, scary, but the Styles Clash is the, is the most terrifying hold in wrestling now. When somebody does kick on the Styles Clash, and I know it's happened before, but when they do it now again, that is going to be the biggest deal. And I'm I'm guessing uh, we're going to see that with Tanahashi coming up here real soon, right? Isn't there? Aren't they scheduled for April? Maybe something like yeah, that. Yeah. They, yep they they got their their IWGP title match. Yeah, man, I cannot wait to see it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, me either. Uh, it's just gonna, and and just the little things, like even some of like their setup moves would be finishes anywhere in the other. Like I, uh, uh, freaking Tanahashi sling blade freaks oh, me out every time he does it because it looks like he's just gonna tear a guy's head right off when he when he does the whip around and hits the other arm. It's just yep. like, <laughs> and these guys, <laughs> it's just. Uh, I, I'm I'm without words for a change because what they managed to do over there is so freaking good, right? And then I'm I'm put in every time you know he's rest, whenever they show him wrestling Okada like o- Okada is trying to go for that tombstone pile driver but he never seemed to lock it in and it's like dude can he just hit that tombstone pile driver and then hit the rainmaker clothesline because it, it, it's an an emotional investment in their matches and not just when those yeah, two wrestle yeah, but just you're the entire roster invested. And I love the way on the Access show, I love the subtitled introductions that, like, Okada does yeah. on episode yep. three. And, like, yep. it just gives you this real... Uh, they present it as a sport and not as sports entertainment, and it somehow manages to be more sport entertaining. That's that's right. the key. It's, right. They present it as real competition. Like, they're really competing for each other, and these titles, are they take it very seriously, and I love it. It means something. And, and let me... Let me one more. Let me throw out a little shade for you. Go ahead. Throw some shade, right. which is an expression I just learned, and I shouldn't say as a forty-two-year-old white dude. <laughs> um, um, like I've gotten, I've gotten the response because I'm, I'm pretty frequently putting over these sort of smaller promotions on on Twitter, and you know, I'll, I'll post occasionally on Cage Side C, which is a good wrestling blog. Right. And uh, I'll get the response. Oh, you're such a hipster. You like New Japan and and uh, Lucha Underground. And look, I can't argue, you know, maybe maybe that's accidentally true, but all I'll say is, uh, if, if you think it's just a hipster WWE hating, 
just give these shows a try. And if you don't like them, sure. You don't everything I like. That's fine. But I think what people will find is it's not an either or, like you have to either like WWE or like New Japan. Um, I think, especially with Lucha Underground and New Japan, they are such different viewing experiences. To me, it doesn't even feel like, like you think to yourself, oh, if I watch three hours of Raw, I'm not going to invest two more hours a week in fucking professional wrestling. <laughs> I, I have a life. Yeah. It doesn't, it feels more akin to, you watch some, you know, you watch The Office in 30 Rock and Lost, you know? Yep. It's not, yeah. they're different enough shows that it doesn't feel like you're you're repeating things in the same way that you do if you watch Raw and SmackDown. And and what look, one little hat tip to, uh, to NXT, which is a phenomenal, really fun pro wrestling show with, to me, the most interesting characters I can find, oh. like... Oh, definitely. Like I said, and, you know, Sami yep. Zayn and, and Kevin Owens and oh, man. They're, uh, they're... Uh, Charlotte. Like, these are really engaging, talented uh, people who it's very worth your time to go and see. So it's not just sort of random WWE hate, uh, oh. though I've got plenty of that. Um, <laughs> it, I think we all it, You know, we, we are living in a really rich time for wrestling, maybe the best since the Monday Night Wars. Uh, right, and, and I'll say you mentioned NXT, and I don't know if you saw it this past week, but that contract signing with uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn was so intense. Again, oh, is that it was so intense? Oh, it was great because Kevin Owens is like, I said I'd fight everyone and, and anyone, but there's a prize, and yep, put it right there's back a prize, and NXT. I am a prize fighter, and I love like it's so close to babyface, but not. I love Owens. Look, you get the title, you get more money. You get more money for my family and my kids, and that's why I'm such a clear character line. So he's like, drops the mic. He's like, if I don't get that, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I thought that was the best. The little presentation, like two two weeks ago, I think it was, they did the thing where that backstage interview, whose <laughs> name I cannot remember, I've got like a mental block, comes back to get a word from Owens. And oh, yeah, he was <laughs> like, yeah. Thing. And he's like, you work here? <laughs> It was just like the delivery was classic. <laughs> you work here? Huh. Up and leaves. The only the only thing I wanted uh, Zane to say this is the only thing I thought was missing. Everything, ever, what you guys are saying is perfect. It was great. I wanted Zane to say, Regal, give him the title match because I just I want to fight him no matter what. I want him in the ring no matter what. I'll put the title on. I don't care. I want to fight this guy because he took away a happy moment for me. If they could have somehow inserted that in there and I thought everything else was great, but I just wanted to hear Sammy Zayn say that Just say, look, give him the match, give him whatever he wants. I don't care. I just want him in the ring because he took away something for me when I was at my highest point. And if they could have added that in for me, that would have been awesome. You, you really wanted the, he took something from me. I am going to take something from him. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like yeah I, I, I think, I think we're likely to get here. Here's what I'll throw out to you guys. I don't have any idea who wins that match. Like, the uh, the obvious thinking <laughs> is, well, Sami Zayn has to keep it, right? He just got the title. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they, I don't know. They just, like, they just, Kevin yeah. Owens is clearly on, in storyline, I mean. Yeah. Kevin Owens is clearly in his head. Oh, yeah. Without oh, a doubt. Yeah. And, of course, they, they, they their matches go back way back. And, of course, they uh, don't put it past them to flip a title because they flip the tag titles. Don't put it past them to flip the titles. Yeah, yeah, which which floored me. I like I I honestly uh, I can't remember the guys' names. 
Like, I was just like, who are the guys for high voltage? Like, remember high voltage oh, from God. like WCW back in the day? <laughs> Barely. And, and they went out and won. I, I was I was thoroughly thoroughly surprised. But it does. You're you're right that it does give you the impression shit can happen at any time. It yep. would not stun me at all uh, for Kevin Owens to win the title. And I, I just read, uh, I think in the Observer. So I guess the brass at WWE is super high on him because I guess the KO shirt is selling like hotcakes. I got one. I love it. I'm happy to hear that. I mean, that's great. I, it looks like something something that he's doing is catching on, and that's a good sign. An engaging character, and I mean, he is like unless they, you know, unless WWE screws it up. No, even if they do in this marketplace. Every one of these guys is future stars. It, you know, Itami, Baylor, Owens, uh, Sami Zayn, like all of these guys have every bit of potential to be top-level stars. <laughs> like, even concussions and can't work anymore. Corey Graves is killing it on commentary. Definitely. Yeah, he is. Like, he's a natural at it. You think he's been doing that for years, but uh, I'm looking forward to see uh, Finn Balor. I'm waiting to see his stock go through the roof because he's going to be another one of those guys that I think he's going to be a main event guy eventually. Uh, he is, he, he's either going to be a main event guy in WWE or if they drop the ball with him, um, then he's, uh, he's going to be a main event guy somewhere else. And about it, you know, with my wife uh, uh, earlier with Roman Reigns, Ben Baylor, same deal. Like he's got, yeah. I want to have a beer with him. You know, the, the <laughs> ladies want to do other things with him. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and I suspect a good proportion of, of, of men folk could go that way. He's got a tough guy who's also good. And that's, that's not something that's easy to come by. Um, but no, he's, he's, Look, there you go. You you want that feud for uh, for for the main event for WrestleMania 34? How about Zayn versus Baylor? I'd love to oh. see it. Oh. I would right? love to see it. Yeah. Who knows where that's going to be though? We'll see. We'll see what they do there. But uh... do you think maybe they'll do uh, Burlington, Vermont? Because that <laughs> that's convenient <laughs> for me. <laughs> Do you guys even have a stadium there in Burlington? <laughs> and bear in mind that Burlington's like two hours away from my uh, Fortress of Solitude <laughs> up here. It'll be in the Burlington um, Civic Center. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure the <laughs> University of Vermont probably has a stadium that'll hold, you know, six, 7,000 people. Oh, jeez, yeah. They just put it in the rec center. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I'm going to call. I'll call them. I'll tell them to put in a bid. There you go. There you go. Fair well, hey, now, now that you're getting your 10% from our Patreon, you can make it happen. Yeah, I'll just have them do it in the <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. I think we need to I think we oh need my to gosh, yeah. on that note. Uh, Alex, uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, hit me at uh, at Alex D. Greenfield. Anything cool you're and working I, on? You will hear my wisdom about things like horror movies, mostly. Speaking speaking of which, uh, I saw you tweeting earlier the the sands. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh yeah yeah yeah. No, I wrote it with my buddy Ben Powell. We shot it last year. Uh, we shot it. Uh, a wonderful a wonderful new director named Isaac Gabath uh, directed the movie. Uh, it's 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 our sort of homage to the uh, to the to the sort of beach horror movies from like the early late seventies early eighties. Um, it's a scary movie. It's it, 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 of our heads right now, flying out to the Berlin Hall in Berlin, Germany, to uh, sell it at the European film market. 
So hopefully next week I've got some really good news about uh, it coming out uh, to a theater near you, or at least to a video on demand near you. Or, Very good. I want to see it. Or a bit, or yeah. a bit torn near you. But uh, <laughs> it's super cool, and uh, I've got um, another iron in the fire that uh, we, we were talking about the show. I hope to get uh, on the show and fly for you that will be of interest to wrestling fans. And uh, I've got another movie in post-production, so things are going real good. Okay, very good. Well, uh, make sure you guys go out there at Alex D. Greenfield on Twitter. I'm sure he'll give you all the details on the the Sands and everything else coming up. And Alex, this is always a pleasure as always, and I hope we can fit in something around WrestleMania perhaps. All right, man. Well, thank you uh, so much for the time. We're going to wrap up the show here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you on Wednesday. See you, everybody.